Welcome to the 239th episode of the Reading and Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Rutherford. Stay tuned for my interview with Jason Brick, writer and organizer of a brand new writing campaign on Kickstarter called Itty Bitty Writing Space. Stay tuned for the interview. Well, welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is Jason Brick, prolific author and the organizer of a brand new Kickstarter project, Itty Bitty Writing Space. Jason, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Well, if someone listening hasn't heard about your new Kickstarter project, Itty Bitty Writing Space, can you tell us all about it? Sure thing. It's the third in a series of flash fiction anthologies that I've produced over the last few years. Flash fiction, uh, as I'm sure most of our listeners know, is fiction under a thousand words. Uh, There's some other definitions. Some people say 300, some people say 2,000, but you pick a very short span and you try to tell a story within it. And I love the genre, but because putting together a flash fiction anthology requires getting a lot of authors together, it's challenging to create an anthology with a traditional publishing model because you have to split the proceeds through so many authors, it's almost not worth anybody's time. But with a crowdfunded project like Kickstarter, where each and every author can also help bring backers to the project, the number of authors actually becomes an advantage. And so we started our first one with a project called Baby Shoes back in 2014. And then in 2017, we did Flash with an exclamation point. And this is our third Itty Bitty Writing Space. Great. And if someone is interested, they can find this Kickstarter. I mean, I'll have a link in the show notes, but probably the best way if they're listening to this is to go to Kickstarter and search for Itty Bitty Writing Space. And I'll just point out that um, the end of the Kickstarter campaign is three days away. So if someone is listening to this and wants to support the campaign, they need to do that in the next day or so. And that would be fantastic. But of course, we'll also be selling the book afterwards as a normal thing on Amazon. Yeah. So if you miss the deadline, you haven't missed the boat. Yeah. So if someone uh, listens to this a few months from now, they'll be able to to get the book on Amazon. Just so. Just so. And we've been really excited about the support the book's gotten this time around. We funded in under two hours and are already really close to 500% of our backing goal. It's just been a great community and a really fun ride. That's great. And can you give me a sense of any of the writers that are involved that, that people might know? So we've got people from every end of the spectrum, from very brand new writers to fairly experienced people like Jesse Bullington, Craig English. Some of the previous anthologies had New York Times bestsellers like Linda Needham and Joe Lansdale in it. So we've got some big names and some medium names and then some folks who are starting out as well. Great. Um, So what's your background as a writer and what was the impetus behind creating the itty bitty writing space Kickstarter campaign? Ooh, Dowgy. I've always written. One of my earliest memories was just squiggling lines and pretending that I was writing the story that was in my head. And then I received a lot of, even from grade school, middle school, received a lot of support for my writing, was told that it was very good for my age. My two best friends in high school, one of them's dad was a New York Times bestselling author of nonfiction, and the other one's mom was a a technical writer. And then I got into college and received a lot of good feedback from my English professors and such, and they all told me I should go professional. So naturally, I did something entirely different for the first 15 years of my adult life. 
as you do. And then I kind of transitioned from that career into freelance writing in my mid thirties when my kids were getting to be school age and I just wanted to be around from them more. And that was just shy of 10 years ago. And I've been doing copywriting, ghostwriting, fiction of my own, all manner of projects. If someone will pay me to write it, I will write it because I don't ever want to have a real job again. And, and so what was the, what was the impetus behind um, creating this Kickstarter campaign? So this particular one, honestly, it was just an idea I had. You know, you know how you do your best thinking in the shower, right? Mm-hmm. There was one day I was in the shower thinking and it occurred to me, hey, what if I got 100 authors together to do a book on Kickstarter? I think everybody would win. And it just spiraled out of control from there. It's one of those ideas that I'm sure that if I really examined it, I'd see this point of data here and that point of data there and then connect the dots, which may or may not accurately represent it. But it was one of those that just kind of jumped on you by surprise when you were at least expecting it. And so what is it that interests you about flash flash fiction? Well, what I like about it most is with the brevity of the work, you have to imply a full story rather than tell it outright. It's like the Alfred Hitchcock model, right? Where you can get much more evocative with what happens just off of the screen. And good flash fiction, you know, flash fiction must tell a complete story, but you don't have the space or the word count to describe it. And that just, I find that fascinating and it's a lot of fun. And so do you write a lot of flash fiction yourself or do you work on longer pieces as well? I write every darn thing. Uh, I write a lot of flash fiction for myself. I have a few flash fiction pieces published. I also write short stories, full-length novels. But I'd write more flash fiction if, uh, well, honestly, if it paid better and I could keep eating food and sleeping indoors by just writing flash fiction. But the market's not there. Sure. And so what is the writing process like for you, um, whether flash fiction or a longer piece? Um, do you, uh, is it really just kind of instinctual for you in terms of flash fiction? Or is it something that you think about, as you mentioned earlier, of, of kind of hinting at the story that's outside the page, so to speak? Well, most, most fiction, my um, nonfiction process is very different. But mm-hmm. with most fiction, what happens is it starts with an idea jumping on me from out of the out of the shadows right i get ambushed by an idea and i have to deal with it and then the first thing i do is write what i call my excited nine-year-old draft where you you mentioned you have kids you know how when your kid your elementary school age kid comes after having seen a movie or having had a nice play date they come to you and they're and this happened and then that happened and then that happened and then that happened just bam, 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 with no sense of structure, no sense of art. They're just, they're just downloading what happened as fast as their mouths can move. And I find if I just basically do that on paper for my first draft, so I just kind of get all the ideas and the essence out, then I'll go back to it and focus on the craft of it, if that makes sense. Yeah, yep. Um, and so what advice would you have for aspiring writers who might be listening and, and wanting to write their own stories? Uh, first bit of advice is go write. You know, writers, what we do is write. It's right there in the name. And so many aspiring writers that I know, they would like to write. They feel like they can write, but the life gets in the way. They don't have the time to actually get those words on the screen or on the page. 
And one of my mentors has always said that if you say you don't have time for something, what you're really saying is that you prioritize other things in front of this thing you say you have no time for. And for some of us, that's real. You know, you're working two jobs and you got kids and a spouse to take care of and be with. And maybe at this time in your life, you don't have the time to write. But for most of us, we could write every day if we played a half an hour or an hour less of video games or, you know, deleted Netflix from our phones. And so the best advice is first to write and then second, submit early and submit often. Get that, get your work out there, get it to the places that'll publish it. And you might get very, very lucky and be published early, or you might start getting feedback about what you need to work on. But if you're not submitting, you're not growing as a writer. And so what books have you read lately, fiction or nonfiction that you would recommend? Oh man, I just got back from a week long vacation and I read like five books. So <laughs> American War by Omar el Akkad is, it came out a couple years ago and won some awards at the time. And it's a fictional accounting of a civil war in the United States about 50 years from now. And it is really gripping and disturbing and psychologically and sociologically interesting. And it's worth a read if, you know, this is not light summer reading, but if you're ready for something that hurts a little bit to read, it is just excellent. And then on the far opposite end of the spectrum, I recently finished Company Town by, oh, I am blanking on the name, but I have a laptop in front of me and Amazon is our friend. Company Town. It's nonfiction. It is fiction. Yeah. Oh, it's fiction. Uh, Company Town by Madeline Ashby which is a cool cyberpunk romp on an oil rig that has to do with time travel and AIs as well as all kinds of other cool stuff. It, it was just a really fun book. How about you? What have you been reading? Um, what have I been reading? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, a mystery novel called Sweetness at the Bottom of the Pie. Hmm, I um, love that. Yep. It, uh, it's the first in a series uh, featuring, hmm. I think, the uh, protagonist is an 11-year-old girl who's, a, hmm. who's interested in chemistry and is kind of an amateur sleuth. It's good. Um, ah, cool. So uh, that's what I've been reading most recently. Um, so if, if someone is listening and they want to learn more about uh, you, where can they find you online? Uh, my website is brickcommajason.com. You spell comma out. So it's brick, C-O-M-M-A, Jason at gmail.com. And you can find me on Facebook as well. Just look for Jason Brick, find the one that talks about writing and drops a lot of pun memes. And that's me. And you can also look for the Iron Writer Challenge community on Facebook, which is a group of writers and aspiring writers. We all get together in the same place and provide encouragement and accountability for one another. And that's the Iron Writer Challenge? That's correct. The Iron Writer Challenge. They're on Facebook. Great. Well, again, we've been speaking with Jason Brick, prolific author and organizer of a brand new Kickstarter campaign, Itty Bitty Writing Space. If you're interested in supporting the Kickstarter campaign, you can go to Kickstarter and search for Itty Bitty Writing Space. If you listen to this interview after the Kickstarter campaign is closed, you can buy a copy of Itty Bitty Writing Space on Amazon.com. And Jason, thanks for doing this interview and good luck with the project. Jeff, thank you very much. 
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.